Hey everybody, thanks for checking us out. I just want to take some time and just share something that I believe God has really laid on my heart in light of the season we're facing and the things that we're involved in globally. I want to talk about being certain, our certainty in these uncertain times, or perhaps I could say our surety in the shaking. Uh, the most revealing thing about the church, interesting enough, is actually our ideas about Jesus Christ. The most revealing thing about us as the people of God is what we believe about Jesus. We've often said that our Christology, our revelation of Jesus, determines our mission, our missiology, and our missiology determines our church. And therefore, the most important thing we can live with is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our most significant message as the church is the things we say about Jesus, or can I even say the things that are unsaid about who Jesus Christ really is. And I'm going to ask you please just to turn in your Bible. I'm going to read some texts, just the scripture. And then I'd like to share just some truth around this of certainty. Things we can be and should be certain in good times and in bad times. This is not just because of the season we're in with this coronavirus. And this is truth that needs to be established again and again and again. The immutability of Jesus Christ. It's one of the most important doctrines as Christians or followers of Jesus. It, it, it matters because if Jesus can change, then he ceases to be perfect, which means he ceases to be God. And there we know that everything is in disarray, if that's true. So Jesus cannot change, will not change. And I want to talk about some of the things he's unchanging in that gives us certainty in these times of uncertainty. And so here in Hebrews chapter 13, I'm going to pick up in verse 5. I encourage you to go read the whole text, the whole, the whole chapter but in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Interesting. Are we content with what we have? Doesn't mean we're not trusting for more, but if we learn to be content with what we do have, and I think part of, transition, part of challenges like we're in now is helping us understand we need to learn to be content. We don't always need the more or the next. Be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you. And never will I forsake you. Verse 6, he says, So we say this with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse 7 says, Remember your leaders. And I still think it's good for us to be reminded and remember our leaders who spoke the word of God. That's what we speak. The word of God. Not some great truth or great theories or myths, but the word of God. And he goes on and says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So that's a great truth to be reminded that we need to remember our leaders. We need to imitate them and their way of life and the word of God that they spoke. But then I also want to say the most important verse here in verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So it's interesting how we to imitate the, the, our leaders and to remember our leaders and imitate their way of life. But... The writer moves to this revelation that Jesus Christ, not your leaders, not people, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I love this verse because it showcases something that I believe is often neglected, the doctrine in, 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 in Christianity is this immutability of Jesus Christ. It showcases Christ in his unchanging way. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And for us, the good news is he's going to be the same forevermore. In simple terms, this means that Jesus has never, can never, 
and will never change. He is by his very nature unchangeable, meaning that he is as powerful as ever. He is as loving as ever. He's as merciful. He's as full of grace. And he is as holy and as much in control today as he's ever been and will ever be. Let that sink in, friends, because when things are shaken, in uncertain times, we begin to question that. But let this truth sink into our hearts, into our minds, and into our, our lives, that Jesus Christ is in full control. And even when we come through these times, He's still in control. It's easier to believe that when things are going really well, far more difficult. But I want to just remind you, Jesus isn't changing. In light of all the uncertainty, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. This doctrine is essential because it's an essential doctrine of our faith. To our faith. Why? Because change implies imperfection. And, if Je and Jesus is absolutely perfect. Therefore, He cannot change ever. Re Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He says, the one who's, who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. In other words, He's unchanging. Jesus declared that about Himself. And so we know that for sure, that Jesus is perfect. He never changes and I think it's absolutely essential for us in these times to be reminded of that truth. He's absolutely unchangeable. Let that sink in. Jesus, and I want to just highlight a few things of things that Jesus will never change in. Uh, Jesus will never change in regard, number one, to his position. This is good to be reminded of in good and in bad. In times of certainty and uncertainty, he does not change in where he is seated, his position. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is in Hebrews chapter 1. And in verse 3 it says this, The sun is a radiance, speaking of Jesus, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's being. I love that. He's not a mini-God, a wannabe God. He is God, fully God, and He's the exact representation. Then it goes on sustaining all things by His powerful Word. And then it says, After Jesus had provided purification for our sins. I love that. It means that He has done it. It's past tense, but it has future ramifications. He has provided purification for all sin. Gives us hope for our future. We are forgiven. And Jesus has done it all. But then it says, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. Jesus sat down. His position is He's done it all. He's now seated at the highest place at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. His position hasn't changed. It will never change. In light of what we're facing in the good and the bad, in the certainty and the uncertainty, in the shaking, and when things are good, Jesus' position has never changed. He's seated at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. There is a conclusiveness about this text. There is conclusiveness about this statement. It means confirmation that Jesus is who He says He is because of what He's done and because of where He's seated. It also means His work is complete. Let that sink in, friends, that Jesus' work here on earth is finished. He has no longer an earthly mission. His earthly mission has been fulfilled and now he's gone to be seated in the highest place and now he's interceding on our behalf. So he's totally uh, aware that there's nothing more for him to have done. He completed the task, the fact that he, sit, he sat down, his work is finished. To sit at the Father's side is to declare that his earthly mission is both complete but also successful. He has done what's needed to be done. And that's got to give us confidence that his position will never change. 
It also means he's conquered. He's overcome the world. He's overcome his enemies. I love that picture that Jesus sits while Satan roams. The devil's roaming to and fro to try and mess up what Jesus has done. But Jesus is totally aware and realizing that his role is finished and the devil can't mess up what Jesus He's secure in his role. That's why he's seated. And he's, the devil roams, but Jesus is seated in complete understanding. He's done it all. Jesus is confident in his victory. While Satan works furiously in a vain attempt to oppose and prevent God's eternal plans, Jesus knows his victory is what matters. He has conquered and that will never be changed because his position is unchanging. And I love this, that he's crowned our Lord of all. He is King of kings and Lord of all. He has done it all. The Bible tells us that Jesus is not coming back as some lamb to the slaughter. The book of Revelation tells us he's coming back as this righteous king. He's coming back for his bride and he's coming back as this judge to judge the world. But he's coming back in full glory, full splendor. He's triumphant. And so the thing I want to highlight again out of this truth of the immutability of Jesus he is seated where he's seated. His position will not change in the good and the bad, in the certainty and the uncertainty. So let us take faith in that and understand Jesus cannot change in his position. Another thing that Jesus will not change in is his power. And this is important, certainly in the context and the time and the season that we're in with all the uncertainty and unknowns. His power cannot change. He says in Matthew 28, Jesus says that all authority in heaven and earth and under the earth has been given to him. So he has been given all authority for everyone. And then he said, now go make disciples. But all authority was given to him. And here's what I want to say. He has been given all authority and that authority has never been taken away from him. He still has it. It's a present tense, an ongoing verb that it doesn't be, it never ends. It's this continuance of Jesus Christ has all authority, all power. Jesus has been given power. That word power comes from the Greek word exousia. And these are important words. They're not just words to think about. They're words to embrace and understand the power that Jesus carries even today. We get our word exude from the word. The word literally means power of choice. Jesus has been given the power of choice. It means liberty of doing as one pleases. It means physical and mental power. The ability or strength which one is endured which he either possesses or exercises. It's the power of authority and influence and the right of privilege. Jesus has that still today here on this planet. The power of rule or government, the power of him whose will and, command, and commands must be submitted to by others and obeys. He still carries that power and authority. It's universal and that authority is over all mankind. Simply stated, Jesus is the all-powerful Lord of all. Notice that Jesus said that this power had been given to him. Again, I want to highlight it had been given to him by his Father. It means that sometime in the past, God the Father gave Jesus his power and authority and that this gift was ongoing power into the future. In other words, it is God's will that Jesus possess all power in heaven and on earth and nothing can change that fact. It's a creative power. And I do want to highlight his power for a moment and talk about it. It's a creative power. Jesus is the agent of creation. John chapter 1 verse 3. 
in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. I encourage you to go read these truths and, and see that what I'm saying is not made up of my thoughts. They're what the Bible says about Jesus Christ and His power. This is the same power that is working in and around us. Ephesians chapter 3, 20 says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine according to His power that is in work within us. That is why we can say with all assurance of our heart that Jesus Christ is able with His creative power. Secondly, it's redemptive power. Jesus is the one who can redeem. He still has the power to redeem. And in all that uncertainty, He has this power to redeem people, to save people, to heal people, to restore people. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 tells us, and He'll never lose His saving power, even in a downtime like this or in uncertainty, his power, he still has the power to save. He has protective power, friends. And, and I want to just highlight that Jesus is still the good shepherd. John chapter 10, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And he still cares for his sheep. He still cares. He's still involved. Hebrews 13, 5 tells us. Psalm 23 talks about the Lord's promises that he cares for his sheep. And is in every conceivable manner, he cares. He, he has all power to protect we need to know that in light of the fear that's driving many people today, that we've got to be wise and we need to wash our hands and we need to do the things we've been told to do. But know this, He has the power to protect us. He still has that power and that power will never change. Another thing is that He's unchanging in His purpose and His plan. This is probably important for us today because many people have begun to hold back or, or maybe shrink back or, or wait till we come through this before we get on with what God's doing. And, and while I think things have to adjust, no doubt, and we have to be wise and find creative and new ways, this I want to tell you, the plans and the purposes of, of God have not stalled or stopped because of what we're facing. Maybe some of our plans and purposes that we thought were God's have stopped, have forced to cease, but God know this, God's got this. And his plans and his purposes continue forward. As I said earlier, Paul, think about Paul, the apostle, when, when he was in prison for the gospel in chains. He could have thought, what a time to hold back. Why has God done this to me? Why am I stuck in prison? But he actually began to pen what God put on his heart. And now we have this New Testament written mostly by him being forced to stay somewhere. God will get this gospel out. God will use any situation. And in this I want to tell you, because of us being restricted or, or, or held back in this season for however long it be. Know this, the plans and the purposes of God are not on pause, so let us not put them on pause, because His purpose and plan is unchanging because of His very nature, and therefore we've got to stick to the plan of God, keep moving forward, keep looking to Scripture, keep looking at God's plan, and keep walking in His purposes in all seasons. And I want to challenge you and I, keep on with the plans and purposes of God because he hasn't changed them because of the coronavirus or whatever else we're facing. Now the point is God's unchanging in his promises. This is a big deal. Let this grip our hearts. There's so many bad reports and I understand that and people got to know what's going on and I have to tell you, I like to watch some of the news to hear, but I've had to turn it off and say, I've got to believe the report of the Lord. I'm not blinded to what's out there, but that's man and that's a humans making observations. We've got to go back to God and His promises and say, okay, God, that's what's been said, but I choose to believe your report. Talk to me, show me, reveal to me, not so I can make it, so we can live in victory, even in a season like this, friends. And, and that's not a cliche. That's true. We can, we should be victor, victors even in a time like this. I'm so delighted 
how many songs, I have to be honest, probably five or six years ago, I was concerned about the songs in the church today are all about surviving and where the songs about victory. And suddenly we've just had this influx globally of songs about victory and, and it's exciting, but it's come before this, this, this situation. And I'm, I'm hoping we realize the songs of victory are in it, not when we get through it, even in it. We've got to live in the victory because God's promises are yes and amen. Um, to put it simply, when Jesus makes a promise, he has no need to repeat himself because his promises are good forever. It's impossible for God to lie. People tell stories, people change truth, but God cannot change what he said. He's made a promise and we've got to believe the promises of God. Yes, they might be different to how we see them, but they're still his promises and God's in full control. There are some precious promises that you and I have been given by the Godhead that He's spoken over us. And there are things about uh, which the Lord will not change in His mind. He's promised to save. And I don't believe just salvation, but also save and protect, which we've talked about already. If I can let you into this, I'm not sure how many of you know this, but um, even one of our sons, uh, it seems, contracted this virus. And uh, he was sick, uh, really sick. And we weren't able to get a test because they're not giving tests to young people. And we weren't able to see a doctor, but we were able to connect with doctors that work with us and know us. And when I shared with one of the doctors who was on our team what's happened to Joel, uh, to Joel um, they said, it sounds like coronavirus, you need to quarantine him and you need to pray and helped us out in that. But we put him in his room for seven days. We prayed, I reached out to some of my friends around the world and we've been praying and trusting. And within a couple of days, uh, we saw absolute healing begin to take place in his body, honestly. And and uh, seven days quarantine in his room, not in his house, in his bedroom, was hard for him, no doubt, hard for us. But by the grace of God, he is totally healed, he's out now, he's fine. And none of us, by the grace of God, at this stage, in our house, that lived in that same house with this, this disease that apparently, this virus that is highly contagious, by the grace of God, none of us have got anything at this stage. So again, it's not... I'm trying to be honest about these things and say they're real, but we can trust God for His promises and His protection. He's promised to save us. He's promised to supply. Um, he is our source. And we can all quote and say that, but at the end of the day, when times like this come, suddenly, what are we going to look to? Where are we going to look? And I love that we only get to look to God where it belongs. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that we don't go through difficult times and maybe we've got to adjust some stuff, but He is our source. He's our supply. He's promised to supply God will take care of us. I have to believe that. The government can't, the church can't, your leaders can't, I can't, and CMI can't, but God can and will take care of us. He's promised to satisfy us. And I think even part of what's happening now is that God's got us getting back to Him and, and finding our, our source in Him, but also our satisfaction. I, I long to travel. I never thought I'd say that. I'm missing getting on an airplane right now, which I never thought I'd say that and ministry and getting out there, getting amongst people and doing all the stuff we do. But I've had to come back to this to say, I actually now need to go back to God and find my satisfaction in Jesus Christ, find it in Him. Psalm, 7, Psalm 107 verse 9 promises that He satisfies the hungry soul. And so He's promised to satisfy us, but if we press into Him, we'll be satisfied. He promised to secure us. You know, friends, there's no doctrine more precious than the doctrine of our eternal security in Jesus Christ. And I wonder how many are beginning to question salvation. And I wonder how many, based on our performance, begin to think, are we still saved? It amazes me that, that if you, I want to say this, if you have ever been saved, then you will ever be saved. 
Jesus doesn't save us to abandon us, abandon us along the way. And I often wonder how people believe that a God who can't keep them can save them. In other words, it takes more power to save them to begin with than it is to keep one saved. And so what I want to say, I'm not talking about one saved or always saved, but He's promised to secure us and keep us secure. This doctrine needs to kick in, especially in uncertain times. We're saved, we're bloodwashed, we're saved by not making promises to Jesus. We save by believing His promises to us. And He is he's, he's powerful enough to save us, but He's also powerful enough to keep us and let that kick in because that doctrine is so essential. And His promises to sustain us. Um, he's promised to give us grace in the way we're going. And I, I want to just say there's grace for us in this. If we press into Him, He's promised to sustain us in and through this. Not that we'll come through this, that we will grow through this and be what He's called us to be coming out of this until the next thing that comes our way. Number, next point, number five, he's unchanging in his provision, which we've talked about a little bit. I want to just highlight again, his provision is unchanging. Maybe he's not going to give us what we want, but he'll supply for us our needs. Uh, and I believe that, and I have to believe that, because he didn't say only when things are going well. He said, I'm going to be your provider. I want to be your provider. And so again, he's promised to be our provision. He is our provision. Psalm 16, he, he's made our lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. Surely we have a delight. If he's holding our boundary lines, he's made them secure. We've got to trust, even in these seasons of maybe holding back, shrinking a little, maybe cutting back on our spending. But in it, he's still our provider. Always will be. And he doesn't change in it. He's He's, he's unchanging number six in our protection, which I've shared, but I wanted to use it as another point in protecting us. He's unchanging. Let Jesus be your protector, your defender. God before us, God behind us, God under us, God with us, God through us. All Jesus carrying us wherever we go and whatever he's called us. He's unchanging in his personality. <laughs> Probably my favorite out of some of these, right? Because people change all the time. Sometimes they have good days. Sometimes they have bad days. Sometimes circumstances determine how we respond but Jesus is unchanging in personality he doesn't have good days and bad days he's not caught off God he's not angry one day and then happy the next day we can come to him anytime all the time and Jesus is the same yesterday today and forevermore he'll never change therefore any attributes which he possessed in the beginning he still possesses today he will possess them even into eternity and into the future that which he was, he is, he will ever be. Therefore, his personality will never change. He's still love. God is love. He doesn't just love, he is love. 1 John 4 verse 8. He is love and you are the object of his love. He is light. John 8 verse 12. By his very nature, Jesus is still light. He is the light and he will always be the light. He is the life. John 14 verse 6, he says of himself, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. John 1 verse 4, Jesus is not another life. He is the life. He is the life and he will ever be the life. He is the creator of life and he is the sustainer of life. And that will never change. Let me also say this. He is still Lord. He will always be Lord. No one makes Jesus Lord of their life. He's already Lord, whether you make Him that or not, whether you acknowledge that or not. He's still Lord. He doesn't need us to make Him Lord for Him to be Lord. He is Lord, but He needs us to respond to the understanding. He is Lord. And when we submit to that, friends, we get to live in the fruitfulness and the bigness of what He's called us. Jesus is Lord, and He'll always be Lord. I want to land with one more, and this is the one of Jesus 
never changes in his passion. And it's a, a care, I'm being careful using this word because it's not the passion we have. It's, it's a pure passion. But I, I was, have been reminded over this time that the passion that God has, that Jesus has for his people, the, the passion that he has for his church. I've been studying scriptures again about the church and how Jesus loves his church. Friends, he loves his church so much that he poured out his blood for his church. He bought us. He purchased us with his blood. And and there's this longing in heaven. The Bible tells in Revelation, Jesus longing to come back for his bride. He's still passionate, even in an uncertain time. His passion hasn't changed. He's not trying to work it out. He's in full control. But he's passionate about you and I, God's people. He's passionate about his church. He's still leading his church in and through this. He's still building his church. And he's passionate about his church. And, And we need to embrace that truth and knowing it doesn't change. But he's also passionate about the loss. And if we make us the focus and just want to come through, no, he, Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter something says that Jesus came, what is it? Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That was his passion. There are people that don't know him and he wants to know them. And so we, we have to find ways, I understand, in the season to reach people and isolation and we're not allowed to connect and talk, but we can find. People are asking and Jesus is passionate about his church and he's passionate about those who don't know him. He still cares about the lost. And what a time for us. He's unchanging in this. He still loves people, even people who are sick. Even people who are losing their way. Even people who are old. Those people who are dying. It's, it's horrific to watch some of the, 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 the media where people are literally dying from this disease. And in hospital beds and people giving their life. Jesus cares about those people. And He wants to reach them before their time's up. And so just let that grip our hearts again. Not fear, but the reality of these times and these seasons. And as I land this, this talk... Let me give you a few things to just be reminded of in taking and embracing this. In this season, number one, stay close to who? To God. Stay close to God, friends. This is a season you can dig your wells. No one can do that for you. No one can go to God for you. Go to God for yourself and stay close to Him. And don't listen to everyone and anyone. Just make time in this season to get before God and stay close to Him. I want to be close to Him. I want to know His heartbeat. I want to know what He's doing. I, I want to feel. I, I've reached out, as I said. I want to hear from people out there, the prophetic people. But more than that, I want to hear God. I want to stay close to Him. So in this season, stay close to God. Stay close to leadership. I know that it's difficult because you can't press in and we all like kind of doing uh, online church. And, but press in with leaders and, and don't become isolated and be taken out. I mean, the prophetic words that I've received over the little while is that those who are not connected are going to get taken out. And, and not that we live in fear, but you've got to be proactive and connect with leadership however you can. Press in and get them pressing in with you and whatever else. We're trying to do that within NCMI, reaching out to the people around us and making sure we're connected together. Stay close to God. Stay close to leadership. Stay close to each other. Don't isolate. Stay close to others. The priesthood operating together is what needed. Secondly, stay in. And what I mean by that, stay in the scriptures. Saturate ourselves with the word of God. I mean, friends, again, there's so many negativity. We want to know what's happening, but we better fill ourselves. Not with podcasts and preaching and even this teaching. I hope it's helpful. But go to the Word of God and study the Scriptures and fill yourself and eat the book so we can come strong and full of faith. Stay in the Scriptures. Know what God says. Stay in step with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's guiding us. We can't look to history or even the future 
because we've never been this way before. Where we've got to look is the Holy Spirit who will guide us and lead us each step of the way. And I want to say stay in step with Him. Stay saturated with Him, with His presence and in the Scriptures. Thirdly, be alert. And what I mean is where is God and where are we? Are we connecting with God? Are we lining up with where God is? Or are we still kind of doing our thing and hoping God's in it? Stay alert. Move with God. Stay with God. When God goes, go. When God says that, just stay alert and be aware God's in control. And the last thing I want to say is be, uh, stay away. <laughs> now I know I said stay connected, but I want to say stay away. Well, stay away from what? Stay away from distractions. And it's amazing that even in a time like this, people can be distracted. Even when the whole world's shut off, we can still be distracted. I've often said the devil's desire is to destroy us, but he hasn't been given the power to destroy us. He's been given the power to distract us. And the way he destroys us is by distracting us. And so I'm going to ask and challenge you, stay away from distractions. Stick, get rid of the, the stuff we don't need. What a season to get rid of things and, and maybe the, the focuses that we've, and make sure we stick in with what God. Stay away from divisive people. I know we, we need to reach out and love people, but be careful what divisive people you're connecting with in this time because divisive people clearly are there to divide. And this is not a season to divide it. It's a season to unite. So just stay away. Keep a distance from divisive people who are trying to build their thing or get their thing going on. Just be aware. May God give us wisdom in it. And lastly, stay away from doubters. There are many who doubt, and I know people are weak at the moment, and that's true. People are struggling. I'm not saying don't connect with weak people, and we might have not. I, I have to be honest, there days I have weakness in this too, going, gee, I need help, and I, I want people to reach out to me as well. I'm not saying those are the people, but those who are always doubting, God can't do, God won't do, God's not in this, God's not. Be careful, friends, in this time. Look for people who are going to cheer us, who are going to get behind what God's doing, who have faith, who have read the Scripture, who are believing the report of the Lord. And uh, let me land with this last text. I know I keep landing, but hey, this is how we land. Isaiah 58, verse 11 and 12, which I've shared many times. God reminded me as I'm praying for this. This isn't just a, uh, uh, to full space. Honestly, please, yeah, I woke up early this morning like I'm going to preach at some meeting. I've prayed, I've processed, did my best to hear God so we can eat of fresh revelation rather than just hear another message. And so I was praying and I just I felt God say, I must just share and land with this. And so here, Isaiah 58, the promise of God, verse 11 and 12, it says, The Lord will guide you always. And He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and He will strengthen your frame. And you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the old age foundations. And you will be called repairer of broken walls. And restorer of streets with dwellings. God's got this. Jesus is unchanging. Yes, these are difficult moments. We will come through this. I believe we'll come through better and stronger. But this I've got to tell you. We need certainty in this uncertainty. We need surety in the shakeable. And here's the thing. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And He will not, does not, cannot change in some of these things. God bless you. Stay focused. Stay strong. Be safe. We're praying for you. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.